Welcome to AEM Early Access, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. Any physician operating in an academic environment knows the current pressures to be more efficient in patient care, which also means we're looking for ways to be more efficient in our teaching. Today we're talking about a new method for exactly that. Well, it's not really a new technique per se. You've probably done it yourself in the past, but maybe not considered it as a technique. Our paper today actually gives it a name and it's called swarming. This is where the bedside nurse, resident, and attending or fellow simultaneously evaluate the patient, including the vital signs, triage, initial H&P, discussing the treatment plan, and then creating this shared mental model going forward. I have first author Jessica Pernasiero here with us today to discuss it. Dr. Pernasiero is an attending in the ED at Children's Hospital Los Angeles and an assistant professor in pediatrics at the USC Keck School of Medicine. The preparation for this interview and the questions for Dr. Pernasiero were composed by Education Fellow Dr. Jessica Fujimoto at UC Fresno, but unfortunately, on the day of her interview, she came down with laryngitis. Don't forget to read the full text of this article, available on our blog at brownemblog.com. Dr. Pernasiero, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you were drawn to investigating this particular topic? Sure. Um, So I am an attending currently in the emergency department at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. I did my pediatric emergency medicine fellowship there as well. And when I was a second year fellow, we went through a sweeping process redesign um, in response to a lot of um, increases in volume, increases in length of stay, and left without being seen rates. Um, So there was a huge process redesign that we underwent uh, that affected most aspects of how we move patients through our emergency department. Um, As part of that process redesign, we came up with the swarming model. Like I said, I was a second year fellow at the time. It ultimately became one of the more novel or unique things that we had created during that process redesign. Um, And then that ultimately turned into my fellowship research project, which is what um, this article became the product of. Fantastic. So this article looks at this concept of swarming, which I think happens organically sometimes in emergency medicine, but for the purposes of this paper, and I guess what you're you know trying to do altogether is define what what is swarming, and how has this concept evolved, and what were you hoping to do in this study? Right, so swarming, um, and you're right, this is something that came out of something that we do organically in the emergency department setting, most often with critical patients or traumas, uh, the idea of everyone being at the bedside together, um, getting a history, evaluating a patient, and developing a plan, sort of creating a shared mental model. Um, so we were looking for ways to both improve our efficiency in the emergency department, um, but also still continue to incorporate our trainees um, who are rotating through our emergency department. So swarming is the simultaneous evaluation of a patient by the bedside nurse, the trainee physician, usually one of our residents, and then a supervising physician, um, usually one of our fellows or attendings. Um, it is usually done in the setting of a patient being immediately bedded. Um, so part of our process redesign involved getting rid of our traditional triage system um, and immediately bedding patients when possible. 
So it's um, a simultaneous evaluation and history with those parties. Um, we're able to evaluate the patient, come up with a plan, talk to the family, kind of all be on the same page, and pretty immediately be able to initiate orders or, or our next interventions. Fantastic. So you mentioned that research in ED operations um, discusses methods to improve front-end efficiencies, such as immediate bedding and physicians at triage. Can you talk more about how this influenced your approach to improving the efficiency of trainee education? Sure. So there was a few models, you know, as we were looking at creating the swarming model um, and looked to the literature to see sort of what other people were doing in the emergency department setting, um, what other sort of techniques or models were out there. We found a few models that touched on pieces of what we were thinking about doing with swarming. Uh, we didn't find a model that sort of exactly fit um, what we were what we were planning or developing with what we ended up deciding to call swarming. But the, some of the models that we looked at were front-end efficiency models um, and then family-centered rounds models. And I think the combination of those two models is sort of where we see swarming fitting. Um, so as far as the front-end efficiency models, like you mentioned, we looked at things like having a physician in triage, um, similar as far as having a physician there at the initial evaluation of the patient um, or immediate bedding or bringing patients back to the emergency department without being triaged out front. Some of the things about swarming that we really felt were key were that the physician or the group of physicians that are evaluating the patient up front is also the definitive care team. So unlike a lot of physician and triage models where it's a separate physician initially evaluating the patient, initiating orders, and then a a new team taking care of the patient ultimately, Swarming is the same team throughout. And so as far as sort of being on the same page and being able to consistently have that plan of care and not have things sort of shift, uh, we felt like that was really important. Great. So you mentioned a little bit about this in your previous answer, but have similar models been studied in the literature? Like what, what did you find when you were doing the background? We didn't find uh, anything that sort of exactly fit. Like I said, there were, we found pieces. So we found pieces of what we had created. And when we created sor- uh, Swarming, it was pretty organically created. It was part of said, an intensive process redesign where we were all, you know, there was 40 to 50 people in a room representing all the different um, types of caretakers that we have in the emergency department trying to recreate the process of how we see patients in the ED. It was a very unique, really, really cool uh, process to I be I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during <laughs> it that was, discussion. I mean, I'm sure it was really interesting. It was a pivotal moment to my fellowship. It's sort of what really focused the fact that I now do process improvement as my focus in, in my career. And uh, being in that room with those 40 or 50 people uh, was the thing that really made me realize this is what I love doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was something that came out of this very sort of intensive but organic process. So at the time that we were creating Swarming, we weren't um, in at the same time sort of looking at the literature, seeing if someone else was doing this. When we then, once we started to refine it and think about studying it, um, we went to the literature and were looking for other models that were similar, seeing if this was something um, that had been studied or had been created elsewhere. And like I said, there's a, a different models that, have similar pieces to swarming, but not something when I was um, starting this process in fellowship, there wasn't really any model that I found in the literature that fit all of the different aspects of what we use um, swarming for. Excellent. So the design of your study is fairly complex, this mixed method study. Can you uh, talk about how you assessed provider and patient perceptions of swarming 
and how you quantified characteristics of the swarms in this study? And really the, the question that you were looking to answer. Sure. So when I was uh, thinking about my fellowship project and as someone who did not have a an extensive research background coming into fellowship, my first instinct was, you know, we created this cool model. Let's see what it does. Let's see, you know, have we decreased length of stay? Have we decreased time to orders? You know, all of those outcomes. And working with our research team, I really realized that when you have a novel model, when you have something that's new, your first step in research has to really be to define what it is you're doing before you can then go and and research or try to prove changes in outcomes. So that's what this first study on swarming was, was sort of trying to define what it is that we are actually doing that we're calling swarming, and then what people's perceptions were, what benefits and barriers we were finding to swarming to actually be able to define and conceptualize the model and then be able to go and and study other aspects of it as well. This was my first experience with mixed methods research as well. So the qualitative aspect of the study, we were looking at perceptions of patients and families as well as staff, and staff included our trainees, resident physicians, our nurses, and our attending and fellow physicians. For the patients and families, we had them fill out a brief questionnaire with a research staff member at the end of a swarming encounter. For the staff members, we conducted three separate focus groups which with each of those groups um, to talk about people's perceptions of swarming, the benefits, the barriers. We gave them a short questionnaire just to sort of prompt um, some conversation, but the conversation was pretty free-flowing once people got started. Um, and then we uh, used qualitative analysis and um, coding to, to go through the transcripts of those focus groups. So there were some themes that emerged from the focus groups. I think you identified these five themes. What were they? Right. So it was impressive to see the number of sort of codes and themes that you can pull out. And then in an attempt to sort of group them, we went through and found sort of five larger themes or groups that we um, pulled out. And so I can sort of go through each of those in a little bit more detail. So the first one that we found people touching on often was the idea of the inherent qualities of the ED. And this was um, comments that had to do with sort of the unique environment that we have in the emergency department and how that affects swarming, our ability to swarm, the effectiveness of it. So that included things like at the beginning of your shift versus the end of your shift, how easy or feasible it was to swarm. One of the things about swarming is does take a little bit of coordination to get those people, you know, about usually three people, nurse, trainee physician, supervising physician in the same place. Um, So we all know in the emergency department, we're all off and running (laughs) off and doing 18 (laughs) things at once. So to get those three people in the room at the same time does take some coordination. So as the, you know, as it gets busier, as the day goes on, as um, you're reaching the end of your shift and, and there's more and more going on in the ED, how it can be more challenging to swarm. So that was one thing that came up. Um, People talked about the unpredictability of of the ED setting compared to, say, a family rounds um, setting on the floor. So if you're doing family-centered rounds on the floor, you sort of have a plan as far as the order that you're doing things, the amount of time you generally anticipate to be spending. In the ED, obviously, we know that something can always come up and interrupt what you're doing at the moment. And so those inherent qualities of the ED were one thing that came out in our our qualitative analysis. The next one that came up was implementation of a new system. So the idea of bringing a novel model or novel system in, and this was a theme without our, you know, through our entire process redesign, not just swarming, but I think came up particularly with swarming. 
the idea of sustaining a new model. So we have new people coming through the emergency department all the time um, mm-hmm. and sort of teaching people a new model and then trying to sustain it as you have new people, new environments, changes in volume, changes in acuity. So that was one thing that came up was talking about teaching swarming, setting clear expectations. One of our attendings talked about sort of how she describes the swarm to residents um, before going in. She calls it the primary survey of the visit. So Mm. sort of changing how often a trainee or resident thinks about the first time they walk into the room, um, unlike maybe on the floor or in a clinic where you're doing sort of your whole assessment and physical, that this is a, a different model. It's you're getting your initial assessment to be able to get things started and then potentially, you know, going back for more information as well, which I think is different than, than a lot of, um, a lot of our experiences as trainees. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing that we talked about, and this was a very common theme, was talking about variability. So just like with any model that you create and then you implement with dozens, if not uh, hundreds of people between our nurses and, and physicians, um, mm-hmm. having different people use that model in different ways. And I think one of the things that was the most interesting from our qualitative analysis is I came into this thinking, oh, variability equals bad. You know, variability is a bad thing, that variability, we're supposed to be all doing the same thing. We created swarming. This is how it's supposed to work. And we should all do the <laughs> same thing. Um, and it was really interesting to see people talk about how variability there are challenges to that, but also that there were some benefits in variability. So one of the residents mentioned that the fact that different attendings tended to swarm a little bit differently, they actually liked because it meant some of the things that they found really useful about swarming, they were seeing with some patients, sometimes they had sort of more autonomy. They were the one, um, they were the one sort of guiding the swarm and sometimes they were doing more observation and less guidance but that there are benefits to that as well so having different people execute it slightly differently not always a negative that there are positives to that as well although (laughs) we did uh you know we did have talked about and have continued to talk about how um, how standardization of a model is really important and so um, although there will always be variability in our setting how continuing to try to standardize a model is a really important aspect of process design Mm-hmm. So the next theme, and this is actually one of the topics that I find most interesting or where I really like to think about um, potential research ideas, is efficiency versus education. And that was actually sort of at the center of our entire process redesign and swarming in particular. So we were looking for ways to make a more efficient process through the ED, but we know we are an academic institution and that's at the core of our mission is to be able to to educate and train um, our resident physicians as well. So how do we not only improve efficiency and not only not harm or not uh, sacrifice our education, but is there a way for us to improve efficiency and actually improve education? And that was sort of the holy grail that we were looking for. So it was interesting, the the efficiency versus education themes that came out. I think we saw a lot of that with um, conversations with the residents about the things that they felt swarming improved their education and then things that were potentially challenges to their education. Uh, And we really saw a um, dichotomous relationship between those two, that there was things that they said, oh, I love the fact that swarming teaches me to think like an emergency physician, which is something that, you know, they don't really see in any other part of training or that it allows them to actually see how their attending talks to a family. If a family, you know, one example I had was um, a 
resident who was a relatively senior resident was in the room while I was explaining to a family why we I didn't think we needed to get a head CT in the setting of closed head injury. And we walked out of the room and she said, I've never actually heard one of you give that talk. I've never actually heard the way that you tell the family why we don't need that because usually we're not in the room doing that at the same time. Right. Um, and it was an interesting moment as someone who... Very, a resident that would have been very confident to have that conversation themselves, but you realize the utility still in modeling, um, even at that at that level. Um, Absolutely. On the on the other side, you know, the residents did talk about how in the Swarmy model there can be a decrease in autonomy. Um, unlike the traditional model, they're not necessarily in there by themselves doing their whole um, evaluation and then coming out and saying, here's the plan, here's what I want to do. You're sort of developing it together in the room, which is a skill that takes a little bit of time to to navigate. Um, and so, again, going back to the variability, a lot of the residents mentioned, you know, it's nice that we have both models happening at once. We don't get to swarm on every single patient. It's just not feasible with the numbers that we see. Um, and so being able to sort of be with, be in both models at the same time, I think a lot of the residents actually liked. Um, the last part about efficiency in education is our nurses. And this was really interesting. Um, our nurses, there was a lot of positives about swarming that I think the nurses brought out in their focus group, but they mm-hmm. also mentioned that efficiency efficiency of clinical care is sort of their top priority in the emergency department and that the educational piece of swarming or the um, the being in the room with the resident and the attending sometimes they felt like that hindered their ability to be clinically efficient to get the um, get the care done that they needed to get done and then move to the next patient and you Mm. can see that in some of the numbers as far as how long each person was in the room when we got to the quantitative part of the of the research project Right, I imagine, especially if they're finishing their triage, they've got all these mandated questions to ask, and mm-hmm. then those right. aren't our priorities. So yes, so we taught all of the residents the six questions that every nurse needs for their for their information, so that if the resident or one of us is the one in, uh, talking, they know these are the six questions you've got to get to for the yeah, nurses. Awesome. Uh, but we also you can see that. Um, if you look at sort of the times that each person was in the room, the nurses tended to be in the room a few minutes, about three to four minutes less than the resident and the attending, um, mm-hmm. which I think gets to that idea of efficiency and sort of what they need in the room versus what we need in the room, um, although that may affect the sort of final piece of swarming, which is where we're having the discussion with the family about the plan and all be on the same page. The okay. last sort of large theme that we talked about was outcomes. Um, and this was more just sort of general. There was a number of comments about sort of how families ultimately perceive swarming. Uh, multiple times families mentioned not having to repeat themselves as much being a huge benefit to swarming. Sure. We realized families you know, between triage, bedside nurse, trainee physician, fellow and attending, if you have all of those people involved, it's about five times that a family is being asked their story um, compared to one or two in a, in a swarming model. And then as well as things like time to orders and um, as potential outcomes that that swarming could benefit. So those were the themes that we ultimately came up with. So after seeing the results of this study, what do you think are the the biggest areas for future research in swarming? Sure. So that was one of the main ideas behind this study was sort of we can't we can't do any other things. We can't study anything else until we actually know what we're doing, right? That was one of the things I learned as a fellow was that we had to actually define our new model before we could you know, study outcomes related to our new model. So right. there was a 
two or three things that really developed through this research project that were coming to light. You saw some themes come up over and over again that seemed like places where we could really delve into more. One of them was this idea of standardization or best practices. And particularly, time and again, we had people mention that there were certain types of patients that swarming seemed to work really well on, and some types of patients that it didn't work as well or or wasn't as useful. Um, So being able to, so we all anecdotally can say, oh yeah, when we had this type of patient, it made more sense to all go in as a group versus another type of patient, but actually being able to try to further define that and see if there are types of patients where we should be focusing our energies towards with swarming. The other areas that I think would be great future topics of research include looking into the educational effects on a more sort of detailed or um, systematic endeavor. So we found a lot of things that residents mentioned, swarming affects education, uh, but going in and actually trying to do an educational study, I think most likely a lot of that would be qualitative, uh, which this was my first foray into, into any qualitative research, but going into more detail about how swarming is affecting education, um, both in good and potentially um, disadvantageous ways. And then the last thing is time outcomes as far as time. And this is where uh, I tend to sort of live in the emergency department is looking at process and and outcome. And so being able to actually, we have a unique situation with swarming because we, on a daily basis, swarm on some patients and don't swarm on others in the same at the same time period there's you know one to four residents and one attending in each zone Um, so we can't swarm on every patient all the time but that also allows us to be able to compare you know a patient with asthma that we swarmed on and a patient with asthma that we didn't in the same environment and so a lot of the things about the ed that make it really hard to do outcomes research the fact that volume and acuity and time of day all can be constantly changing and have effects on your on your outcomes. If we look at patients who are in the emergency department at the same time, one, we use swarming, one, we didn't, it allows for a unique opportunity to potentially compare those patients as far as things like time to orders or length of stay. And that's something that I'd be really interested in looking at with swarming in the future. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for talking with us about this paper on the podcast, and we can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this AEM Education and Training Podcast. Be sure to read the full text of this article, available on our blog at brownemblog.com. Subscribe to all our AEM podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.